0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer
1: the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. Marshall left field deep, bam going back. It's going to be a quickie today here on A's Cast Live because we're in the central time zone. So we're going to be on for one hour and then we're going to have A's total access at 4.05 followed by first pitch at 5.05 right here on A's Cast. Happy Father's Day to everybody out there. I hope you had a wonderful Father's Day. What I've been doing today is the mad scramble to clean the house before the wife and kids show up. If you listen to the show, you know that I went to Disneyland on Thursday and then they stayed back in Southern California and I was a bachelor for the past couple of days. Oh, it was incredible to have your house and the dog all to yourself. And then to have guys come over yesterday, my best friend Dean and even the commander came by and crushed White Claw at my house. So you can imagine what the house looks like after three days of being a bachelor, the mad scramble Cody to clean everything and make it look like it did before she left. Now the key though, Cody is don't make it too clean because then she'll know something's up. So you got to leave a little bit, you know, the couch a little disheveled. You can't be, you can't make it like the cleaners were here because then they'll know there's an issue.
0: Yeah. And we, we, uh, we hung out, we watched, John Rahm win the 121st United States Open. Congrats to John Rahm, Arizona State's own, uh, where it looked like Bryson DeChambeau was gonna run away with it, and uh, oh, oh that 13, uh, 11, 12, and 13, 13 really eight. did him in. Miller. Then <laughs> he, then he have a, then he have a triple. Was it a triple or a quadruple bogey on one of the holes? And he just, I mean, it just, it was his brutal. Yeah, oh, yeah.
1: He just went, it, it just went down. I'll give you a little story about that hole. It's a famous Townsend story. So I was just a little kid, and my dad brought me out with his buddies playing golf at the famed Tory Pines. And on that 13th hole, the par five, what you really don't see on TV is that once you hit your second shot, whether you're hitting it on or you're laying up, when you start going towards the hole, it goes way downhill and then pops way back up to where the green is. So I was driving the cart. I had to be like eight years old. I made the bad kind of turn down the hill, and the beer cooler went just rolling down the hill with all the ice and all the beer. And my dad and his buddies looking at me going, what are you doing? I was never, ever allowed to forget that moment in my life when I dumped the cooler out of the cart on the 13th hole at Torrey Pines.
0: The memories of that golf course for me were watching uh, Western PA's own Rocco mediate lose in a playoff to Tiger Woods in 2008, and uh, I've never rebounded since. I have rebounded since watching golf. I told you uh, I know golf. I watch. I I, mean, I pay attention more to the majors more than anything. Yesterday was great, and I was. I remember texting him like the collapse is real right now. Watching all these guys before I came over to your house, like just watching everyone. And Louis and started t- you know pulling away, and then John Rahm. Just taking off at the end. And then the putts on 17 and 18 for birdie, which is beautiful. And then the fist pump at the end. And I was joking, like, stop showing me emotion, John Rahm. I don't want to see this. I'm old man, young at the cloud. You know what? I don't want to see emotion. Respect but, the game. Yeah, respect the game. I don't want to see the kids playing golf. I don't no. care if you're 26 years old. Been Act like I, you've been there.
1: <laughs> by the way, the past two majors have been won by Sun Devils, Phil Mickelson, John Rahm. All right. I woke up this morning, a little foggy, I will admit. I woke up this morning, and I'm like, did did this really happen yesterday? Or did I just dream this? Where the A's, they give it up. They're down in the ninth inning. Aroldis Chapman comes out. You're thinking ball game over. He's going to throw 103. But Aroldis Chapman couldn't find the strike zone. They even came out with a trainer to check on him going, yo, you all right? He had a 3-0 count against Tony Kemp. He throws 103 miles an hour. 3-0 count, and he throws a slider. That's when everybody's like, something's wrong. So here the A's are, down 2-1, runners on second and first, nobody out. And Murph comes to the plate, and I'm thinking, am I dreaming this? I had to go to my phone when I woke up this morning. This really happened? So nobody's out, two runners on, Murphy's been hitting with runners in scoring position, and this truly did happen.
2: Murphy has struck out five to left in one. They pinch the second baseman LeMahieu about two steps close to the bag over at second, and now here's the 1-0 pitch. And Murphy waits, and the delivery is swung on and hit to third on the bag for one, over to second for two, to first for three to end the game. Do you believe that? That is a triple play to end this game. Sean Murphy, a crisply hit ground ball right to the bag at third. Urshela tagged the bag, fired
1: a second to LeMahieu in the middle. He threw to first. A game-ending triple play for the Yankees. I guess I didn't dream it. It actually did happen. I mean, I, 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 seriously, I've never seen it before. Bob Melvin said he's never seen it before. Ken Korak, Ray Fossey. You think between us four, how much baseball we've watched. And, you know, I I go on right after the game. So, you know, I, I don't know what people are saying on Twitter. And then finally, Sarah Lang starts putting it out, friend of the program. Oh, yeah, this has happened before. This is the 27th time it's happened. And the last time it happened was 2009. So it was like, wow, where have I been? Well, that's just something. You talk about something you don't see every day. And the Yankees now have turned three triple plays. If they turn one more, that's the most ever. We've been playing baseball for 150-whatever years. No one's ever turned more than three triple plays in one season. We're in June, and they already got three. They got a long way to go to break this record. And something about it. I mean, they had that crazy one where it was like sit, three, six, five, two, three. I mean, one that uh, a triple triple play that has never happened before. But, man, what a way to end a game. I mean, it sucks to lose, but that was incredible to watch. I mean, you, may, you may never see that again in your life. And now you just got to suck it up and say, all right, you got us two out of three. When really, the A's, a couple breaks go their way. You know, maybe they sweep that series or at least take two out of three. But there's just something about the A's. It doesn't matter which Yankee Stadium it is. There just always seems to be that, that danger lurking around the corner. We feel it. We're so scarred, we feel it. These players don't. We do. And you always just think there's something that's going to, something's going to happen, something weird's going to happen. You know, like Chapman on Saturday, the ball doesn't go out. He only gets a triple. He doesn't come in and score. He's <laughs> hitting he into a triple play to end the game. Lacky stuff happens to the athletics when they're at Yankee Stadium. New or old. And now you got the Texas Rangers, who, by the way, they stink. And this is one where the A's they need to go in, get fat and happy before they're going to have a tough series against the San Francisco Giants. I always love how, um, hey, this is a, this is a long road trip. Well, they're going to be sleeping in their own beds when they take on the San Francisco Giants. So, yes, it's playing at a different stadium, but you're at least you are uh, you're at home, which is great for them. You know, Cody, I got to tell you. There's a lot of people. I don't know if they're shocked, but there's a lot of people who wanted what happened to happen. Is Jesus Lazardo needs to go? He's got to go find himself. I I brought it up yesterday in the post game. I don't know if sending him to Vegas is the call, and I think people are kind of shocked by that. And the only reason why I say that is Vegas is. It, it, you know it's it's tough to pitch there I was almost thinking man send him to double a let him let him throw every five days and start figuring it out and get some success under his belt because that's what he needs right now he needs some success he needs he needs he needs some wins and I don't mean wins as in W's I mean wins as in good innings wins as in one two three innings getting that success back, getting the feel of your pitches back, getting the feel of pounding the strike zone and attacking hitters, striking out guys, because that's what Jesus Lazardo needs right now to get back on track.
0: Yeah. And I did some research looking because, you know, going down the, going down the triple a Las Vegas, I went looked up the numbers for triple a West, and we're going to talk to Fran Reardon tomorrow, our, our good friend, the manager of the, Las Vegas aviators. Uh, Vegas is struggling a little bit right now, but the aviators right now, they're pitching staff, which we thought was going to be a strong point for them, you know, a strength through them with Dalton Jeffries and other guys down there. You know, James Caprillian, obviously, now he's back. He's up in the rotation for the A's, and he's pitching very well. But here's what the ERA for the aviators is on the season. Oof. 6.92. That's the second worst in AAA West. The highest is 6.93. So the aviators technically almost have the worst team ERA in Triple A West. They've allowed 80 home runs. What does Jesus Lazardo do anymore? Unfortunately, he gives up a lot of home runs. Um, so that's they, the most they, in Triple A West.
1: Basically, <laughs> so basically what you're telling me is every single night I should be taking the over if I was betting on triple A baseball. Uh
0: it's yeah, it sounds like it currently you know, like I said, you—I texted you. I text you, we, you and I were texting yesterday about AJ Puck. Uh, Puck's not pitching well in AAA. No, and no.
1: I, I went and looked it up. He's got like a, is like over ten ERA?
0: Yeah. So he's not pitching well down there. And and Lizardo now he's a lot of home run of what five straight appearances. That's a new Oakland A's record. So for now a reliever. for a reliever, yeah. So he's going down to AAA Vegas, and, I, and we're going to talk to Fran Reardon tomorrow. So. For, you know, maybe Frankie give us a, a scouting report on the, the on Domingo Acevedo, who who the A's just called up to. He's a 27-year-old. He was pitching really well in Vegas. He has uh, five saves, a 2.76 ERA, five earned runs in 16 in the third innings. Uh, 16 to in the third innings pitched in 15 outings for Vegas this year. So that's pretty solid. So you're getting a guy who's going to pitch out of the bullpen for you that you need length, and you're going to send Lazardo down. Hopefully he can cut down on the home runs, cut down on the ERA, and get his feel back on his pitches, as you mentioned. But 80 home runs allowed already for the Aviators. Fran and the boys, where boy, they were hitting a ton of home runs in 2019, while they're giving up a lot of home runs in 2021. So hopefully uh, Jesus can get some time down there, figure it out. But as we as we're seeing, AJ Puck, we thought he was going to figure it out down there, and he's struggling too. So it's going to be a there's going to be a lot of hard hitting questions for David Force later this week when we talk to him about the two. Uh, Lefties, you know, everyone was looking forward to seeing this year for the A's take the step forward, and they both have taken a step backwards, unfortunately.
1: And today begins a new era in Major League Baseball. Starting today, and it's a light card today, starting today, pitchers will be ejected and suspended for using illegal foreign substances if umpires can figure out that you are doing it. So the spider tack, the glue, the homemade remedies that guys have that uh, guys have made—they better go away, or you're going to get in trouble, and you're going to lose some money, and you're going to lose some games.
0: Uh, Degrom was already checked out for the first inning today, where he where he threw a uh, hundred, a hundred, and a hundred one on his first three pitches. Uh, DeGrom- so, and he passed. Uh, was that
1: was that the first game of the day?
0: Uh, they started at two o'clock. So I think that was the first game of the day, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, So,
1: you know, they're, they're showing you right out of the gate. This is what's going to happen.
0: Not only that, they they took the best pitcher in baseball right now. And we're like, we're going to take the number one guy and we're we're, we're showing you, we're going to check the number one guy.
1: Hey, everybody gets checked. No one's above it. And this next couple weeks, I was joking. If you don't play well, I guarantee there's going to be this like 20-page article on the Athletic. They're going to write like a half a book and they're going to they're going to start checking all the guys who have who from this point on. What the heck is the date today? Is it the 21st? Yeah, 21st. From, from the 21st on, they're going to be looking at a your regular numbers. They're going to be checking your spin rates. If you struggle, and you, you maybe lose on velocity, you lose spin rate. You They're going to go, this guy was using. And whether you whether you were or not, you're going to get lumped into the, the the using group. You know, kind of like if you hit a bunch of home runs, and then all of a sudden they started testing for steroids, and now you're not hitting home runs, what did we do? Oh, he had to be a user. You get lumped, whether it's fair or not. If if things start changing in your game, you're gonna get called a I don't know what would he, what are we gonna call these people? Foreign substance group. I mean, what do we I mean, we we you know we could say the juicers when we are talking about the steroids. What are we gonna say about the guys that becomes blatantly obvious? Yeah, that they're not that they're not putting stuff on the ball anymore. What are we gonna call them?
0: Well, this, I, I'm, I've been look, following on, on TweetDeck on Twitter, and Michael Fisher, who runs Codify, our friend, tweet, he's been tweeting out Jacob DeGrom's numbers over his last six starts, and he has his, his average mile per hour in his fastball and his spin rate. His uh, average um, – sp- his miles per hour today is 99.8, which is just remarkable. And then his spin rate is 2,365 RPMs. That's revolutions per minute. Uh, what it was, his last start on the 16th where he got hurt, 99.6, so his velocity was the same. His RPM's 24.77, so his RP- his spin rate's down a little bit. I'm not saying it dropped off dramatically, but it is down. But still, I mean, we're going to see this all over the place with everyone.
1: Everyone's- gonna get, by the way, it's going to get nauseating. And I think a lot of baseball fans, I think people who are hardcore into data, Will like it, but I think the ca- casual fan's going to go, I don't care. I got an idea what to call him. Now, we already use this phrase. He's a wait for it, a glue guy, but that's always known as a positive that that guy's yeah. a good guy in the clubhouse. Everybody <laughs> likes him. He's like glue, he keeps everybody together. We may have to change it. And these guys who get caught and the guys who their numbers go down, are they now the glue guys.
0: It's not bad. I mean, because you can't – some of the other things you can't really – some of the other phrases or terms you want to use you probably can't use. They probably don't come off as correct as people might want to use. So there's going to be a term that's going to be thrown out the forum. But the guys you're going to start following, the first guy they're going to track, number one, is going to be Trevor Bauer, unfortunately. That's going to be the guy, his first start after this, whenever that is. They're gonna. I mean, every single pitch he throws. Uh oh, spin rate's down. like like it's spin. His revolutions are down by like three. There it is. He's not using it anymore. He's doing something. But if it stays the same, everyone's gonna be like, well, maybe he wasn't cheating. Maybe he wasn't using anything. See, it, there's gonna be there's gonna be so many different case studies done on this with different guys. But there the, you're gonna. But then you're gonna find the guys that were using that are gonna change dramatically, and then the guys that are gonna stay the same. And you're going to be like, well, maybe that guy wasn't cheating. We were
1: wrong about him that we thought that he was cheating. He wasn't the whole time, like Trevor Bauer. So. All right, so my buddy, my buddy Dean was over yesterday watching the U.S. Open. And he was an outfielder at San Jose State. He was one of the last Montreal Expo draft pick. Because you remember, they would leave Montreal. So there's like the last few draft classes of Montreal Expos, and my buddy was one of them. And he later would be a coach at San Jose State, and was a, was still on the staff the year they went and played for the national championship in Omaha, Nebraska. We like to call it the College World Series. And we were talking about it yesterday, and he was like, you know, there were there were there were places all over, places to play all over there. There wasn't even a rosin bag on the mound because Roxy Bernstein was asking me, uh, did you ever use anything? Yeah, there wasn't always a even a rosin bag supplied back then. Let alone thinking about glue. I, I know there were some guys that I played with and against who did steroids. It was very, um, very few. Because, let's face it, one thing that d- d- deterred young guys from doing it was how much it cost. It was very... I don't know what it is now. I just remember... So my first year at San Jose State, two of the offensive linemen were just so we, we you know, the athletic dorms were were outlawed, right? Because of what happened like in places like Oklahoma, where people, a lot of a lot of bad crimes were committed in these athletic dorms. But Mulder Hall, third floor, sure seemed to have a lot of athletes on it. You know, whether you were football, basketball, baseball, soccer, well, two doors down two of my buddies were offensive linemen and they were both juicing. And I remember what they told me, what they're paying. It was like, well, you know, both guys came from families that had money. They're both from Southern California. They, they, you know, nice cars. And, you know, the rest of us, we were, we were poor. I mean, we're, we're, we're finding out what, what's the natty light. What can we get a 12 pack of 90 natty light for? How much is a 40 a King Cobra? I mean, we didn't have a lot of money in college. And we were trying to stretch every dime, so I just couldn't even afford it. But, yeah, I no one ever – I never even heard anybody talk about something like that. And, you know, we were in the bullpen for nine innings for these four-hour college – by the way, these college games, have you been watching any of the College World Series? Uh, the, other, the other day we had a five-hour game. These dudes now – and it's been going on for years – Every single pitch is being called from the dugout. So every single pitch, the catcher, I can't wait to talk to Fossey about this. If you think Ray is chapped about these guys looking into their hats and these cards, wait till you hear what Ray Fossey has to say a little bit after four o'clock where, hey, Ray, you got to look into the dugout for every single pitch. And it was, uh, who was it? It was Vandy against Arizona. The game was like 5 hours long no game should be three yeah. hours let alone four hours and now you're talking five hours that's a long Oh game. My god! how do you how, seriously how do you sit in the stands well and, and, they, and they and they cut beer off probably two and a half hours ago well you're in the stands for five hours
0: well not only that vandy has two guys that are going to win the top 10 picks in jack Leiter and kumar rocker so you got two guys that are going to be legitimate potentially legitimate top-of-the-line starters in Major League Baseball, and you're telling me that they're looking to dug up for every single pitch? By the way, shout-out to Stanford. They did beat Arizona today 14-5, to so they're moving on at the College World Series.
1: David Esker, friend of the program, head coach. Uh, I believe he was on both national championship teams for Stanford in the 80s when they won back-to-back like 87, 88, or 88, 89.
0: I think, I think you're right, because I think that's what Roxy told us on Friday. Then he was a coach when Cal went to the College World Series with Marcus Simeon in 2011. And here they are now, back at Omaha.
1: So, plays at Stanford, coaches at Stanford, then gets the head job at Cal, and then comes back to his alma mater, and now is the head coach of Stanford. I was like, are you allowed to do that as a, a rival? Like, would you ever hear of anybody playing – and then coaching at Alabama, then taking the Auburn job, and then coming back to Alabama, or Michigan, Ohio State, uh, USC, UCLA—you know, you know these 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 deep rivals. That happened, but good for him. Arizona, Arizona, bye bye, they're gone. Double elimination. The College World Series, great, and you just see, well, you see a gym. Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, it's full capacity. They're making every dime they can off this event. Yeah, there's not, there's no social distancing at that. there. I don't see social distancing going on anywhere.
0: Yeah, well, we saw the, there wasn't at the U.S. Yeah, it wasn't Open. wasn't at the U.S. There Open. Clearly,
1: <laughs> wasn't at the PGA. There wasn't at Yankee Stadium. Uh, we're seeing the highlights, and people are hitting home runs, and there's people out there. So clearly around the country, there's not a whole lot of social distancing going on.
0: Uh, before we get to Eric, the Hall of Famer, Eric Nadel, did you see the, uh, the latest, um, um, I almost said Pro Bowl voting. Did you see the latest uh, All-Star Game voting? Matt Olson moved up. He's now fifth amongst first basemen. Now, That's the crime. The the phase one of the phase one, I want to get this right um, cuz I have it all written out. Phase 1 of the voting ends on f- on Thursday. So the top 3 vote getters at each position advance. So Olson is only one uh, has 141,913 votes behind Jose Abreu, who's third. So, you know, we got to vote him in. But he's only 1,585,664 votes behind Vlad Jr. for number 1. So, um does
1: does Vlad have the most votes? Yes. Of anybody? Yes, Vlad. Okay, is. This, this is the same thing with Josh Donaldson. Is you have an entire country that's voting for you, plus you're getting the votes from the kids over here.
0: Uh, uh, Vlad, by the way, today commit uh, said he will not will not be participating in the home run derby, so we will not be seeing Vlad Guerrero Jr. in the home run derby. So, just Shohei Ohtani so far. So, Vlad is leading everyone from what I've seen in, in the uh, uh, all star voting. Uh, Shohei Ohtani has a bunch of votes as well. So, Matt Olson's currently fifth. I mean,
1: he's got he, it, Shohei's got a whole country voting for him too. Yeah. And, and you got all of Southern California and you got all the kids who love baseball. So, these guys are getting votes from countries. Yeah, right now. While, but, like, well, someone like Matt Olson is having to rely on just a fan base. By the way, Matt Olson has reached base safely in 19 consecutive games he's hitting 423 during that time with a 1,271 OPS seven dingers 22 RBIs he is on fire right now I think there's gonna be no question Matt Olson is gonna be in the all-star game
0: oh yeah he might be in the home run derby too I mean that'd be great to see him in the home run derby do you know do you remember who the last A's player to be in the home run derby was Yo, in a Cespedes. Incorrect. Incorrect. Cool. Matt Chapman did it in 2019. He filled in for uh, Christian Yelich in Cleveland. I remember that. Yeah, well, uh, Vlad hit 29 home runs in the first round and knocked Chappie out in the
1: first round. I, I, hey, I, I got to be honest with you. I don't really watch it anymore. It's a bad event.
0: Yeah, that 2019 was incredible. Pete Alonzo won. As you know, the home runs cause in our open. Vlad Guerrero Jr. hit 91 home runs in that event and he didn't win.
1: Yeah, it's stupid. It's that they tried to, and I went to Home Run Derby and check it. Was the All All Star game in San Diego not not the last time that was at Petco, but it was at Jack Murphy? It was 1992, I believe it was.
0: Was that the one that Bip Roberts was in? Correct. Uh, That one was, yeah, 92.
1: So it was 92. I went with my mother. My mother and I went to the All-Star game together. But the day before was Home Run Derby. And that was awesome. Every guy got 10 outs. You got to get up there and and swing as hard as you can. And once you got 10 outs, you were done. There were no rounds. It didn't go for hours. It wasn't a made-for-TV event. Who won? Do you remember? No. No. Mark McGuire. Like, yeah, McGuire was in it, Griffey was in it, Bonds was in it, Piazza. I mean, these are the stars of their time. And they got 10 outs, and when it was over, whoever had the most won, and everybody went home. I mean, that's you know it, that's how to do it. But now, you got Josh Hamilton. How many did he hit at Yankee Stadium? At the time, was a record for the round. And he doesn't win. The guy who hits the most home runs, then he's got to go sit down and cool off and come back and do it again just so we can hear Chris Berman go back, back, back. Does Berman still do it? No, he hasn't done in a while. Oh, God, it was so annoying. Hearing back, 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 back for three hours. I, I think it's Carl
0: Ravitch and them to do it now because Ravitch is on the call for the Pete Alonso one. The
1: Ravi train?
0: Yeah, he's doing the College World Series right now.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. They're there. I was wondering, like, are are they, like, Back in studio. But now they're, they're, they're actually boots on the ground in Omaha, Nebraska now. Did you know there's a change in the A's lineup today also? I haven't even looked at the line. The lineup's out already?
0: No, Mark Canna leading off.
1: Tony Kemp's leading off.
0: Tony Kemp leading off, Matt Mark Canna second. Chad Pinder playing third base. So it looks like an off day for Chappy
1: getting the off day. Why is Canna not leading off?
0: I don't. Know, maybe the they wanted the old lefty righty matchup against the against Kyle Gibson, who's been unbelievable for the Rangers. By the way, four 0 the two oh nine ERA. He got he got rocked in his first start of the year on opening day. I think he's only given up two or more runs. Uh, I think he's only given up, I think two runs twice this year, and that was it. And other than that, he's been great for the Rangers. So he'll be traded because they're they're as you mentioned they stink. They're twenty five and forty six.
1: Yeah, they're they're they they are they are not good. I mean, we I Frankie mean, Montas on the mound today, so this is yeah. So the 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 Rainier, Eric Nadel, the longtime play-by-play voice and the Ford C Frick Award winner, so that means he's a Hall of Famer is going to join us in moments. The so the Rangers lineup isn't out, but yeah, pretty odd that Mark Canna not leading off when he's done so well getting on base.
0: I'm calling Nadel right now, but yeah, it's I saw that and I was like oh, so they're they're I mean more more RBI opportunities for Canna.
1: Yeah, that's one thing. He's been driving in a lot of runs, especially since the quarter's been getting on. Eric, how are you? Chris Towns with the Oakland A's. Great, Chris. How are you doing? We're doing great. We just said uh, we're bringing on the Hall of Famer. Uh, does that ever get old when people call you a Hall of Famer?
2: <laughs> no. It's still <laughs> hard to believe when I hear it, to tell you the truth.
1: No, it's uh, it's always an honor to have you on. How have you been? How's the season going?
2: season's not going so great for the Rangers. You know, it's a rebuilding year but uh, for a while it looked like they might be able to contend. They were 18 and 18 Uh, since then, though the roof has totally fallen in and they've uh, gone seven and 28 over the last 35 games. So it's really been a tale of two seasons so far, the first 36 games and then the next 35.
1: Yeah, that sounds rough. You know, one positive though that I've noticed and and looking at your guys, beautiful new stadium, and just so unlucky with COVID-19 hitting the year you're open up a new stadium. But I got to just think for Ranger fans to finally have, you know, because the old stadium was great, but it was just so hot. Uh, what's it been like for the fans to finally get into their brand, new, their brand new digs?
2: Well, they're into it, you know, and even though the Rangers are hopelessly buried in last place, they keep coming out. You know, over the weekend, they had crowds of over 30,000 for each or three games against the Twins, who aren't exactly a big draw. Um, The average attendance for the year, um, and of course we've been on 100% capacity since the start, is up around 28,000 per game, which is the highest in the major leagues.
1: Yeah, well, that's great to hear because uh, I can't wait to come see that new ballpark because after watching the postseason and the World Series, it looks absolutely beautiful. What do you think it's going to be like uh, for Elvis to come back to Texas because he grew up in this organization, played in so many big games, so many playoff wins. Uh, he was a great Texas Ranger. What do you think it will be like for Elvis to come back?
2: It's going to be great. Um, I think he'll get a huge ovation. Uh he was one of the most popular players uh, in the history of the franchise. You know, he's in the top three all-time in games played and hits and in runs. He's number one in stolen bases. You know, and he always played with a smile on his face, which is what endeared people to him from the time he came up. You know, he jumped from double A ball in 2009, bumped Michael Young off shortstop, uh, and, you know, won the hearts of the Ranger fans almost immediately. So uh, there's no bad feeling at all about Elvis, and I think Ranger fans are really happy that he's come on in the last month, that he's playing well for you guys, and, he's, you know, he's on a front-running team.
1: Yeah, and, and, and you know, the, the A's, it's a real loose clubhouse. These guys really care about each other, play for each other, love each other. And from, you know, we haven't been able to go down there. And we've had Elvis on the program a couple times. But, you know, people who are in Tier 1, who are able to be around the team, have said he's just come right in, fit right in, and everybody loves him. And I'm sure you're not shocked by that.
2: No, not surprised at all. And, in fact, he's about to do a media availability uh, outside the A's dugout. And uh, there's a huge crowd of media waiting for Elvis to come out right now. Uh, and you know, everybody, everybody enjoyed being with Elvis and when things were going bad, he would be a guy who'd always be willing to come out and talk, you know, he wouldn't go hide in the trainer's room. You know, he learned from a a couple of really good veteran players in Michael Young and Adrian Beltre and, you know, became a clubhouse leader himself. And when Beltre retired, it kind of fell on Elvis. Uh, I'm not sure if he was really ready to pick up the mantle there. But it's nice to see him in a clubhouse like that of the A's, you know, which is a veteran team and an older team where he doesn't have to be the guy.
1: So I, I'm looking at some of your players. I think about Joey Gallo, last 13 games. He's got three home runs, scored nine runs, You know, hitting 275 with a monster OPS. The guy you got going today is having a good year in Kyle Gibson. What do you think the Rangers will be like at the trading deadline?
2: That's a really good question. Uh, they've got to think about the future. And the guy pitching tonight is probably going to be their toughest decision. I mean, Kyle Gibson has been incredible. Uh, he's second in the league in the ERA, uh, only to Carlos Rodon. Uh, after a first inning meltdown on opening day, you know where he didn't make it through the first inning, uh, the guy's been incredible. His earned run average has been well under two uh, since that opening day start. And he's controllable for next year also. So the Rangers are going to get some huge offers for Gibson. And, you know, he's the club leader in a lot of different ways. He's the team's player rep. Uh, and, you know, he's the only starting pitcher who every time out there gives them a chance to win. But, you know, does it matter? I don't know. You know, you would have to see what you get offered. Uh, same thing with Gallo. Unfortunately for the Rangers, Gallo hasn't really gotten hot. He has shown signs of it in the last couple of weeks, those stats you just gave. And if he continues to play well between now and the trading deadline, it's conceivable the Rangers will get the kind of offers that, you know, allow them to make a Joey Gallo deal that makes sense. He's also controllable for next year. So, you know, there'll be offers in the off season too, but I think it's really important to the Rangers that they get full value for Joey, and they're not gonna get that unless he gets hot.
1: Well, baseball as we know it is changing today, and we already saw Jacob deGrom, one of the premier, if not the best pitchers in the game, after the first inning, he was checked for foreign substances. Guys are going to get checked all the time. They don't know exactly when they're going to get checked, and if they discover you got something, you're going to get fined, you're going to get suspended. Uh, What do you think it's going to be like from a broadcasting standpoint when you're watching these guys get checked all the time?
2: Uh, Hopefully it won't be a big, you know, a big distraction. It's going to take place in between innings, you know, with very few exceptions, I think. So we'll be in our commercial break when it happens. So I really don't think it's going to be something particularly noticeable unless somebody actually gets thrown out of the game. How much of an effect it's going to have on offense, you know, that remains to be seen. And that's, that's going to be really interesting. You know, to see which pitchers are affected, you know, wh- whether we can actually notice it or not, uh, and to hear the hitters react, whether, you know, whether they'll be able to notice it. I imagine they probably will.
1: And just the, the oddity of a major sport changing rules in, I mean, almost the, I guess mean, I you say, middle of the season. I and mean, this is something that, you, never, you don't see this in the NFL, you don't see it in the NBA, hockey, it's just, it's odd that you're making a rule change in the middle of the year.
2: It really is, and I think, you know, in talking to Chris Woodward, the Ranger manager, about it today, he said, look, everybody was warned, and everybody ignored it, and they've kind of forced Major League Baseball to to do it this way, you know, to force guys to go cold turkey in the middle of the season. It's not like they weren't warned. and." You know he's very much in favor of of the way it's being done. You know, including the outlawing of the you know sunscreen or rosin combination. Uh, you know, maybe if players had backed off on the use of spider tack and pine tar and whatever other group they're putting on the ball, this would not have been necessary. And who knows? Maybe in the off season, Major League Baseball will work with the players to come up with some sort of acceptable solution where. You know, the combination of sunscreen and, and rosin is actually allowable. I think what happens between now and the end of the season will probably dictate what occurs in that regard. But, you know, I think this is clearly a reaction, maybe an overreaction by Major League Baseball to the fact that the pitchers totally ignored them when they were warned. Every team was warned in spring training
1: it's like the principal came in and said, all right, kids, we know you're cheating and we know you're skipping class. So I'm going to, we're going to allow you to keep doing this for a couple more weeks, but uh, in a couple weeks, we're now going to, we're going to crack down on you. So you kids better stop.
2: Yeah. That's why we can't have nice things, right? (laughs) You're going to, you're going to break something. And in this case, what you're breaking is offense. all over around baseball.
1: Uh, it is just, uh, it, it, it's unbelievable. But we'll see. We'll see. By the way, how's how, how's the book still doing for you?
2: Uh, the book kind of died with the pandemic, unfortunately. You know, we had a lot of things planned for last year, moving into the new stadium. You know, we're going to have a lot of book signings and and all that. And of course, we weren't able to do any of that. And now, you know, it's it's two years old. You know, it's a book of limericks basically about a season that's ancient history now. So, uh, you know. As much as I love seeing every now and then somebody buys it on Amazon, uh, we're not really wasting a whole lot of time actively promoting it. Uh, I've actually focused my attention to Johnny Daskal's book of haiku, which I think is fabulous, and everybody should pick that up. It's called Goodnight M, and uh, it's, it's definitely worth reading if you're in any way into baseball poetry.
1: Yeah, he is a, uh, he's a fun guy. Well, Eric, it's always a, a pleasure, and for you to give us your time before you got to broadcast uh, tonight's game, it means a lot to us. Take care and be well, and hopefully at some point we'll see you soon.
2: Great, and, and great to finally see the A's after 71 games to finally see the best team in our division.
1: Yeah, hey, you, you know what? I, I, I forgot we were even in the West. At one point I thought we were in the American <laughs> League East. We didn't play. I mean, we. It took forever to find finally play the Angels, and it's hard to believe we're in June and we haven't played you guys yet.
2: I know it's not. So there's 90 games left, and 19 of them are between the Rangers and the A's.
1: Nah, it would be good. Hey, take care and have a good call tonight. Thanks, Chris. The Hall of Famer Eric Nadel, right here on A's Cast Live. Isn't that crazy? We've seen the Angels what twice,
0: three times.
1: Three times now?
0: We've seen him twice at the Coliseum. We had the well, we had the first time was when uh, Otani missed Bart, and then he's been back since. Yeah. And, then, <laughs> and then we saw them in Anaheim.
1: No, 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 no. He didn't miss Bart. He went the wrong, wrong way. way on yeah. Bart. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine yeah. how many people were standing next to this guy in Bart, and he's arguably the greatest talent we have ever seen? You know, as good as... Name me name me, name me, me somebody who's great. King Griffey Jr., right? Barry Bonds. George Brett. Mike Schmidt. Name, name whoever. Ricky Henderson. They all couldn't pitch. King Griffey Jr. can't get up there and throw 100 miles an hour. I'm sure Kenny's got a really good arm. Bonds, Bonds would be a soft tosser, for God's sakes. Bonds got on the mound. Would he... Would Bonzi be able to get it to home plate? Okay, all right, um, probably not. No, um, Sid Bream's on the phone. Couldn't right. throw him
0: out. I knew that. I knew you were going. With, I knew where you are going with this. <laughs> ah. But yeah, you're right. He-
1: uh, Atlanta Brave legend Sid Bream.
0: Yeah, um, yeah.
1: Uh, I mean, Rick. Hey, don't tell me Ricky Rick, didn't have a hose. Uh, Ricky. Rick, I mean, he could throw, but he wasn't. Right, Ricky Henderson. You know, he's not Jesse Barfield for God's sakes.
0: There's only been a few, I mean, there's been a few, I mean, obviously there's been a few guys that could probably could pay. I mean, obviously, well, I mean, Rick and Keel was We're one talking
1: guy. with, and, and you know, I hate to throw around ace quality because there's only a few guys like that. He's got that, He if he can stay healthy, he has the stuff to potentially be a top of the rotation guy and hit 50 bombs. Think well, about that. And Look, he doesn't. And, and and he doesn't play every day. This guy's going to hit. How many does he have now?
0: Well, let's see. Uh, he has twenty three. What's his tie with Vlad Guerrero Jr.? He's
1: he's twenty three home runs. He doesn't even play every day.
0: Uh, I don't. I don't know if you. I don't know if you saw what he's done recently. He hit a home run on Tuesday. Hit a home run Wednesday. Uh, pitched really well on Thursday. Uh, hit two home runs on Friday. Hit a home run Saturday. Oh, and he had a home run yesterday. Uh, that's the week pretty much for Shohei Otani.
1: He, he, ever since trout got hurt, his numbers, I mean, he's on fire. And, and I got to tell you, we joke all the time. Whoever the scouts were that went over to Japan and went, yeah, I don't think this guy's going to be able to hit at the big league level. You should be fired. You guys. I mean, if I sent my scout over, right. Let's just say I'm, we won't use the A's. Let's just say, uh, give me a team. The Rangers. Okay, I'm the Rangers, and I had money to spend. And this guy came pretty cheap. If I sent somebody over there, and they sent back, oh, yeah, he throws 100. He's got a wicked He's got how many pitches does he have? He's got eight pitches. He's got, you know, he, all the stuff that we were hearing about when we were trying to figure out who is this Shohei Otani guy. But then the Sky Report says, yeah, he, yeah he's, he's big. I don't like his swing. You know, you know, whatever the he's a he's he's got a five bad and I would call that guy in and go, do you realize what we could have paid and had this guy, this talent, this once in a lifetime generational talent, and you didn't see that this guy could hit? What the hell were you looking at? Because it's not like it's not like he had bad numbers. It's not like he went over there and he's hitting two thirty and he's got just a few home runs, he was balling. That's why everybody went over there to scout him because he was doing it both ways. I mean, this this guy's talent. I mean, Trout. Trout is one of the greatest players I've ever seen, but Trout can't pitch. Can't sit in the field either.
0: Shot- Ooh, shots fire.
1: fired on, tr- on Mike Trout's calf.
0: Uh, by the way, he um, let me pull it up again. He, I had it, then I closed the browser on it. Um, I was looking at the uh, all-star voting. Trout's still one of the, one of the leaders in uh, all-star vote uh, getters. Um, the leader, as I mentioned, is Vladgar, Jr., because he has the, has the whole country voting for him. Trout has 1,371,004 votes, which right now is third. Can you guess who's second? This is Major League Baseball overall. Oh, sorry, this is American League. Who is the second leading vote getter in the American League?
1: Second leading vote. I'm gonna go and I have not I have not looked at this at all. I'm gonna say it's a friend of the program. Cause I think he's got the same thing going for him that Vladdy does. I'll go Marcus Simeon.
0: Uh Marcus has a lot of votes, but no, he's at 1,184,376. Look at that.
1: Look at me vote for Marcus Simeon. How many people around the country before Marcus Simeon played for the Blue Jays? I know he was third in the MVP, but how many people really knew who Marcus Simeon was? But now that he's with the Jays and he's got all of Canada voting for him, he's got a lot of votes. Who is it?
0: It's, uh, It's a catcher. I'll give you one more clue.
1: Salvador Perez,
0: Sal Perez, 1,391,586 votes. He's
1: Salvador, per- not saying he's not Hey, Salvador Perez is awesome, but how, how does a guy at Kansas city, this is, this is what bugs me. Oakland, this is what bugs me when people, you know, cause I, you know, all the people I got to deal with and I hear that Oakland's not a small market team. Well, because of population in the Bay area. Yeah. I'll give you that. But just because the population is what it is doesn't mean they're all A's fans. And when you got a guy in Kansas City, which is a small market, has way more votes than your best guy, that speaks volumes. And you can't tell me it doesn't, right? No, we're yeah. such a big market. Why isn't Matt Olson number two behind Vladimir Guerrero? Well, actually, we got so many fans. Why, why, why do our guys always not our votes? We're always small in votes. Do you want to know who the A's
0: leading vote getter is? It's not Matt Olson. Chapman? No. What? It's Ramon Laureano. Ramon has really? 179,175 votes. And then it's Matt Olson. Chapman has 142,000. I mean, a lot of the A's guys are in the top 10. I mean, Olson's in the top five. Chapman's in the top 10. Uh, Sean Murphy's in the top 10. Jed Lowry's in the top 10. Um... Let's see. Elvis Andrews is in the top 10. Uh, And then in the outfield, Canna and Loriaño are 17 and 20. You're telling me those two guys couldn't get ranked any higher than, you're telling me Mark Canna's not having a better year than Miles Straw? Are you kidding me? Miles Straw?
1: Show up. Show up in attendance. Show up in the voting.
0: Justin Upton? Really? Justin Upton? The leadoff hitter for the Angels? It's just it just I
1: mean, well, hey, listen, but but are you shocked? No. The angels, the angels get three million people a year. I mean, I'm watching Shohei Otani launch balls into the outfield, and it's packed. Angel angels, what are they averaging in attendance right now? Uh, probably thirty thousand.
0: I don't know if they. Uh, you probably. I'd have to look at see what they're.
1: And I hate talking well, attendance
0: because I don't know I how began... long they've been fully open.
1: June seventeenth, right? Wasn't June fifteenth lifted, and they they said we're going full capacity on June seventeenth,
0: somewhere around there. Yeah, so it's only been probably a couple games for them, but yeah, they probably they probably pretty consistent.
1: And I hate I hate bringing up the attendance stuff because the people who listen to this show they go to games. If you don't listen to the show, you probably don't go to games. So it is what it is. But man, our guys our guys deserve better from a voting standpoint. I mean, the way Matt Olson's playing right now, I guarantee you the scouting report, like Ranger people, are, if I was the Rangers and you sent me to New York and you sent me to Oakland and then to New York to scout the A's and come back with a game plan and tell you what what have I seen, I'm like, that big first baseman, He, I can't let him beat me. By the way, I'll give you a buying or selling. Buying or selling, we will see Jesus Lazardo again at the big league level before players can get called up. Buying or selling?
0: Buying. I read a quote from Bob earlier. He said, hopefully we'll see him again soon. I, I think we'll see him again. I think I think the upside with they love the upside with him way too much for him not to be called up again.
1: What, what, what if he goes down to Vegas and all those pitchers down there are getting wrecked?
0: Well, I mean that's 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 the one thing that he has. I mean, unfortunately, I'm a...
1: saying. It. I mean, look at Puck. Puck's got a 10 ERA down there. Yeah, uh, like a good ERA is six. So what if Jesus Lazardo, who's given up 21 home runs and 31 career games, goes down there and balls are flying out of the ballpark? He can't keep the ball in the ballpark. Is, is he coming back then? How well does he have to pitch to come back?
0: It's gonna be it's gonna be I mean, with the way the ball's flying out of there, it's gonna be uh it's gonna be it's gonna be very interesting to see how well he pitches down there.
1: How how, how, how do you expect me to only do an hour show? Uh, well it's I'm just getting kick- warmed up. The All coffee's right. just kicking in. Well, it's why you got pregame. <laughs> All right. Coming up next, Bob Melvin, and we'll be back with A's Total Access at 4.05. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And thank you to the Hall of Famer, Eric Nadel, for stopping by A's Cast Live. We'll see you in a bit. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.